Is there a desire in you to not just attend revival, but live in revival? Welcome to the Revival Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Isaiah Saldivar. I've been in revival for the last 10 years, as well as traveling and being a part of many revivals throughout the United States. I'm going to be sharing with you how to live a radical lifestyle of revival on a daily basis. Long ago, and then, then the Lord did it. I think it was it was it was appointed to do this, you know. And we're right now. You're on, you're on the West Coast. I'm on the East Coast. We're kind of spanning this. It is a joy to be on your program, um, and just to see this, and just to see how you know people from all over are are doing this. I'm very blessed. Awesome. I'm so glad to have you on. I actually did see him guys at the airport. I was going to be preaching in uh, Tennessee. He was preaching for Kent Christmas in Nashville, and so I have this picture I'm going to show here of me chasing him down in the airport. If you guys can see that, there you go. Me chasing him down in the airport, asking for a picture. I was totally a fanboy. I was like, Jonathan, can I get a picture? And there was multiple other people chasing him down as well. And uh, I know it was a long flight. I had just woken up actually. And so I was super, super grateful that he would take a picture with me. And uh, it was a really great time. So I'm just super excited. It was all God. Right after we took that picture is when I got the book and started reading it. So I just really believe that this was divinely set up by the Holy Spirit tonight for what God wants to do in these last days. I would love for you to maybe talk a little bit about, show the book, talk a little bit about what inspired you to write it, and then maybe share just a little bit of your testimony. And then I wanna ask you just some questions about the book and we'll kind of go through those, but maybe just a little bit about yourself for the yeah. those that maybe don't know you. Yeah, yeah, well, uh, well, the, for the first question, the, the, this is the return of the gods. Um, I was led to do this actually during the lockdown and um, I knew that it was for now. I mean, knew that this was the thing. Um, and yet I've never had so much, I would say spiritual warfare, you know, in order to write a book, I tried for a year and I could not do it. And then, and then I just said, Lord, you, and then it just broke through. Um, it's the most explosive book I've ever done. And I know that it is for now. So I know we'll get into it, but that's the, that's, that's what led me to do that. Um, and as far as my testimony, I'm, uh, you know, I was born Jewish. I am Jewish as, as, as you would see. Um, I grew up in the, in the temple, in the synagogue when I was about, um, when I became an atheist when I was about eight years old, because wow. I didn't in the synagogue, I didn't say, I heard about the God of the Bible, but I never saw his evidence in the synagogue, you know? So then I, you know, I, you know, I said, wait a minute, as time went by, I said, atheism doesn't work. There's gotta be a reason. So I started seeking, you know, truth through, you know, I got every book I could on science, on UFOs, on religion, on philosophy, on, on the occult, on, on everything I could, you know, and one day I picked up a book. I thought it was a UFO book. It was a book called The Late Great Planet Earth by Hal Lindsey, which is all about prophecy, biblical prophecy and coming true now. I had no idea of it. So that, you know, so I looked at it, I, I had no idea. So that opened me up that, wow, this is, there's something with the Bible's real, you know? And so I started telling my friends about it and as a teenager, and I, I didn't know the Lord, but I'm, I was winning them over to the Lord by telling wow. them, you know? And so finally, you know, I had a, I, you know, I, I didn't want to give my life because I, I thought I had to give up everything good. I had a rock band. I didn't want to, you know, all that. And so I, I made a deal with God. I said, God, if you give me a long life, I will accept you when I'm on my deathbed. And so soon after that, I almost got killed twice. The second time I was I was in a Ford Pinto, this little car that would blow up uh, on impact. And I'm I'm heading to a train track and at night is dangerous place. People have been killed there and the light was going on. But the but the you know, the I didn't see it. I thought maybe the train passed or maybe it was broken because all the other cars on the other side were coming across. So I said, well, let me see. I'm not going to let me look. So I, I went up to the track, looked. I saw a light. Didn't look like it was moving because it was the train. It was it was head on. I was on the track. I had no idea. 
And at one point, I said, you know what? Maybe I'm too close. Let me just try to back up. So I just tried to try to back up. But now there's headlights in back of me. And so I, just, I but I thought I'm just being extra safe. But I, I didn't realize I was still in the path of the train. So the train came and uh, smashed into the car. The car became like aluminum foil. The only thing I could say was a call out to God. That's all I could do at that moment. Wow. The car, the car was destroyed, and I didn't get a scratch. Wow. So I said, I said, Lord, I said, okay, that was close. And that was almost that was the second time I was almost killed in a very short time. I said, Oh Lord, that was strike two. I said, I said, can we renegotiate? And so <laughs> so I I made a new deal. I said, Lord, I'll accept you when I turn 20. And to just wow. just don't kill me until then. And so when I on the day of my 20th birthday. Because I made, I made, I gave my word. You know, um, I I didn't know how to get saved. I found a mountain. Because um, I remember in Hebrew school that you know Moses met met God on a mountain. Elijah met God on a mountain. So I found a mountain. I said, let me go up. I went up. It was it was nighttime. You know, pitch dark. I went up and I kneeled down on a rock and gave my life to the Lord on my twentieth birthday. So that's how I came. That's how I came to the Lord. You know, it says Jews. You know, require signs. You know, I, in this case, I required a train. <laughs> Wow. And you know, there's a lot of people watching that are 20. I got saved just like two or three months before I turned 20. I know there's a lot of young people watching a lot of 16 year olds, 19 year olds, 20 year olds. And I'm telling you guys, now's the day. I thought the same thing, Jonathan. I thought when I turn 30, when I turn 40, maybe then I'll believe in a God. And I was a self-proclaimed atheist. You know, God's not real. There can't be no God. And then God came to me, audibly spoke my name. And, and here I am now, you know, uh, 12 years later. But what a powerful testimony. What an incredible just story that you shared there. What is, so let's go into the book maybe for those that have no clue what we're talking about the return of the gods what does the return of the gods reveal how did this revelation come to you how did this start and and what made you write this book actually actually it began coming to me soon after i wrote the harbinger uh you know when i you know the harbinger and some of the other books are revealing that these mystery these ancient templates that were in the in the bible are now unfolding are replaying and they're replaying in america and it's linked to the you know the template of judgment well the well the return of the gods is dealing with actually you know not the signs which the harbinger does the signs of what's happening but the spirits of what is happening mm. right now the actual entities that were part of the fall of israel that are now in our midst and so the return of the gods is you know is opening up the mystery behind really every major transformation that's transforming america and the west and much of the world right now and you know many people even non-believers are saying this is crazy what's going on you know even even liberals many liberals are saying this is crazy what's happening to the children what's going on well it it, it is crazy but it's also part of a, of a very exact biblical mystery the bible reveals it the the question asked what if the the gods of the ancient times you know the gods of the pagan world what if they were they wasn't just mythology what if it wasn't just stories what if there was something real to them and if there's something real to them if they if there's actually there was an existence to them and could they be alive right now could they be at work right now could they have returned could they be the unseen agents that are behind the, ch the massive dark changes that are happening in our world in our culture right now um the answer is yes and that's what the the the, the return of the gods is revealing this what if they are behind what we see on television what we see on the internet what's happening to the children what's happening to the government what's happening to movies you know what if the, even behind the supreme court decisions what if the there's ancient mysteries that are behind it um and where is it all going what's the agenda where how does it touch 
touch everyone because this mystery literally touches everybody. It doesn't matter who you are. It touches you. It touches people in your family, touches people in your life. And what do we need to know? And what do we need to do about it? What do we need to know to, to stand, to prevail in the days ahead? That is what the return of the gods opens up. So good. And one thing you talk about in the book is, you know, we deal a lot with helping people get deliverance from demonic spirits and casting out demons. But you talk about more than just deliverance on an individual level, but possession and demonic possession could affect entire societies, entire cultures, entire regions. So here you have in your book, you, you talk about these ancient gods that were worshipped, these ancient gods that were praised, which we know were, were spirits, were demonic powers. What do you think it was that caused these gods to depart and you talk about this they disappeared for a time and now these gods and of course the name of the book return of the gods the whole premises for those that don't know is these gods that were once worshipped and praised in ancient israel in ancient times are now coming back and again we'll go into that deeper later but we're seeing them like you said in culture we're seeing them with the whole woke agenda and the whole the transgender bill and everything to teach the kids and we, all the stuff we're going to discuss but what was it that caused the gods to disappear or depart in your opinion well the, well, the first thing is that, you know, the, the Bible says from the beginning, it says that that when they were the, the pagans or even Israel, when they turned away from God, when they were worshiping these gods and idols, they were actually worshiping something called the Shedim. And that's mm. a Hebrew word that means literally speaks of entities, spirits with will, with consciousness, with volition. And now that same word was used by the Babylonians or they would call them the Shedu and they said they could be good or bad. But in the Bible, it's only dark spirits. And then in, in you know, it's in Deuteronomy. And then in, in Psalm 106, it says they offer their children to the Shedim. And then wow. when the when the uh, ancient rabbis had to translate this word into Greek, it was the first translation of the Bible into the Septuagint, a few hundred years before the New Testament, They the, the word that it became was the Greek word daimonia, where you get the word demon or demonic. And in fact, the weird thing is, Isaiah, is that is that the even in ancient times the the Greeks would call their gods de demons, daimon. Wow. So it's an amazing thing. So the thing is that then Paul says in Corinthians, he says that when they are doing this, the pagan world is actually worshiping the demonia, the daimonia. So you, you have you have the ancient world, you have the gods, and behind the gods are the spirits. So if they gave themselves to the gods, they gave themselves to the spirits, and that's why you see the same signs of of demonic possession that the Bible speaks about, you see it throughout the pagan world. I mean, it's all over the, the earth. Wherever you had paganism, you had the, the signs of possession. And the closer you were to these gods or entities, the more likely you were to be possessed. You had the oracles shaking and, and convulsing and babbling, and they wow. were possessed people. And so the thing is that you've got that. So as you ask, what happened? What happened was Jesus happened, Yeshua happened, mm. and the gospel happened. And so the, the time came when the when God came, he, he sent his word into the world, into the nations. So for the first time, you have the power of God coming into the, the pagan world. You have God coming into the world of the gods. You've got the spirit of God coming into the world of the spirits. You see, you have a clash. You've got a war of spirits, and you see it even beginning in the book of Acts. You have the possessed woman following, stalking Paul until he casts her out. Then there's an uproar in the city. You have another city where they try to kill the disciples because they believe their goddess, Artemis, is threatened by them, which, which the gods were threatened. And, you, and what do you see in the first centuries? You see the people of God, you see the Christians being persecuted. Why? Be, not because of culture, because of the gods, because they mm. would not worship 
The gods, if they did everything and worshipped the other gods, they would have been left alone, but they would not. And so, therefore, they were thrown to the lines. Therefore, they were thrown in the arena. Well, the thing is that in the end, though, in the end, the gospel prevailed. And the power of God prevailed over the gods of the world. And so the temples of Zeus were, were emptied out. The, the shrines of Athena were abandoned. They, they, it was the twilight of the gods. But we know it's not just gods. These are spirits. So really, what was this? It was the greatest exorcism in human mm. history the greatest mass exorcism ever and that is what has made western civilization unique because it was exorcised and wherever the gospel prevailed no matter where in the world the same phenomenon happened the gods disappeared they was exorcised but the thing is that if these are reality if these are entities they don't die so mm. what happened to them? what happens to them and and could they return and that's where it is and and the answer is actually found in an ancient parable of Jesus. And it's actually a, a prophecy and a warning. That's so good. I wanted to ask you about that as well. Is this one thing that intrigued me? You know, we teach a lot on deliverance and casting out demons from people. But one thing that I never saw was in Matthew 12. You call it the mystery or the house of spirits where the spirits are driven out as we're talking about. And then they return. Talk to us a little bit about this revelation, Matthew 12, the house of the spirits. What is it? What does it warn us of? Why is this revelation so important? The, you know, he many there are many believers who know, of course, know of the power, but they don't they don't often apply it in the biggest way. And it is a, it is a gigantic thing. He says that Jesus said that when a spirit departs from a man talking about the man is delivered departs from a man it looks for a place to go to rest doesn't find any and says i'm going to return to my house now he mm. called now he's calling the guy a house because he inhabits the man so he's called a house and it says mine he still he still claims the man he goes back to the man or the house finds the house empty swept clean and so goes and gets seven other spirits jesus said more evil than himself they go back to the house they repossess it and then and so jesus said the latter state is worse than the first state and then he says in, the, in when it's recorded in matthew he says what people miss he said so it shall be with this generation. Not just talking about one man. You wow. know, yes, it yes, it applies to one man, but this is talking about a generation. And so the thing is that generations, cultures, civilizations can be possessed, not just people. And so the thing is they can be possessed and they can be delivered. And so mm. the ultimate warning here now to America to Western civilization, and of course, Western civilization touches all the nations you mentioned at the beginning, everybody around the world who are watching right now, you're being affected by this. It, the warning is, any such civilization, na nation, or culture that has known God, or actually, that has been delivered of these spirits, been delivered wow. of these gods, and has, by the power of God, by the gospel, by, the, by Christianity, by Jesus, by the Spirit, if it ever turns away from God, if it ever starts emptying its house of God, then it's not going to remain empty. The same spirits that departed from it will return to it. The wow. same, the gods will return. The house that was emptied of God will, uh, others will come into it. And so what it means for America, what it means for the West, and what it means for the modern world is that those same spirits that were cast out in ancient times, same ones, are coming back to the modern world. They're going to come back 
to America, leading the modern world. They're going to come back to the West and they're going to come back to touch the world. And when they come back, see, you know, all they needed is an open door. All you need wow. is that open door. Take God out. You know, you know, it, it, it's never been there's never been another option. It's either God or paganism. And, and when paganism means all the gods and the spirits and the only thing that was the safeguard that was holding it back was the gospel, was Christianity, was Christian civilization, even as it affected the world. That was it. When you take that away. And the thing is, they not only will they come back. They'll come back worse than before. To give an example, and you want you want proof of this. Well, well, look at what happened to Russia when it turned away from the gospel, turned away from Christianity. What happened? What happened was communism, but it wasn't secular. It wasn't neutral. It was demonic. It mm. killed millions of people. What happened in the land of the reformation that gave the world the reformation, gave the world come back to the word Germany when Germany turned away from wow. God. What happened? It was not neutral. It came in, it came in the guise of political, you know, secularism. What happened was Hitler happened. It was demonic. Millions were killed. It was demonic. And in fact, it was as, as if the entire nation was possessed. So now, though, it's happening to America and the West and the world. It's happening on a bigger scale it's ever been. It, you know, and so therefore, when the gods come back or the spirits return, they are they, these are pagan spirits or dark spirits. They're coming back to a quote Christian civilization. This has never been before. They're coming back, and so they're gonna their goal, the, the mission is to take a Christian or Judeo-Christian civilization and transform it into a pagan one. And wow. so that is exactly you want to understand what's been happening in the last 50, 60 years of in, in modern history to America and much of the world. It is a process of paganization, repaganization, and possession, repossession. And that's why it's so crazy. That's why it's so dark. That's why it's so irrational, because that is what we are dealing with right now. So good. And I think one of the issues is the American church is in denial of the supernatural realm. You know, many churches are more focused on the superficial than the supernatural, not realizing the only way we're going to war against these things is in the spirit. The Bible says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God for the pulling down of strongholds. But in essence, we have supernatural weapons to push back against these things. And one thing I've noticed, you know, there's 4,000 people on here, people from all over the world. So many people from around the world are very open to the idea of the supernatural you don't have to debate them about spirits you don't have to argue with them about deliverance but here you have america and america fights so hard against the idea that there's a such thing as spirits or there's a such thing as demons why do you think i know this is a side question and i'll kind of get back to some of the questions i had why do you think america is so resistant to this message why are they and i've seen this so resistance to resistant to deliverance to the fact that the, that these spirits are manifesting like when I watch these let me just for an example and I'll be careful what I say here because I know that you know we get videos taken down all the time when I watch these drag queens teaching in children's libraries I'm just gonna put it out here when I watch these drag these parents bringing their kids to strip clubs and drag queens are dancing on children in my mind the only explanation is this is demonic these are demonic powers that are doing this, that are training our kids. You know, they're trying to teach now five-year-olds and six-year-olds about sexual acts and how to do crazy things. These are demonic powers. You look at the whole agenda with abortion. These are demonic spirits. These are demonic agendas, demonic powers. So that's one side. 
But then you have a, the American church or America that's in denial. Like I, I really came strong with the whole Roe v. Wade thing. And I was posting things about how pastors should be speaking out. Why are we not celebrating? This is a demonic God named Moloch that's wanting our children. And now we have this overturn on a, on a federal level and pastors were silent. Jonathan, pastors were writing me saying, you shouldn't be speaking out. That's political. You shouldn't be talking about abortion. And I'm thinking, this is not political. This is spiritual war. This is warfare. These are spirits that have, as you said, have returned now to take our children, to take our children, train our children, kill our children. And yet America, radio silence from the church. What are your thoughts on some of these things of the silence we're seeing in America when it comes to yeah. these spiritual realities? Yeah, yeah. Everything you said. First of all, and, and you and you know because you read the book. I mean, you you know this anyway, but you know that we're going to get into exactly everything you just said is our link to these specific spirits, specific entities, and specific gods. Everything you just said. Um, and the thing is that that uh, so that's one thing. Another thing is, and we'll also get into it, is that you know the the gods will do not want coexistence. They want mm. to stamp out all voices, and that is why that is why believers are being silent. Or they're being silenced or they're silencing themselves. And we'll mm. get into that as well. But the other thing, very interesting that you said, you're the first person um, who ever, you know, brought this up when I've, I've been sharing this. And it's a great point. And that is that why is it with America that they're like not open to that? Well, it because Amer unlike much of the world, like you go to other play other other countries and you go on missions, and there, there, there are there are countries where many of this stuff has never fully been gone. You know, in other words, wow. the, the you know, you are going to the places where there the spirits or the gods still have a lot of have, have all these footholds, whether it's in Macumba, whether it's in Santorio, whether it's in you know, all different all and and or whether it's outright. And so, but with America and the West. It was exercise. So the exercise person, in this case, we can call it a person, has forgotten. You know, has forgotten. Mm. And that's why they opened the door again, because they didn't realize. They forgot all about it. They forgot about the exorcism. We forgot what we came from. We forgot the darkness of paganism that we came from and that this was real. You know, that, and so that's where we got so used to the spirits not being there as they were that we 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 said we can now throw out the gospel and they th then you throw it out and then you've opened up the pandora's box so that's mm. exactly exactly why i mean that's a, exactly profound what you asked that that is why with america we've been so delivered that we forgot our deliverance wow that's so good talk to me about let's go into the dark trinity here i know for a lot of people this would be a new thing they're saying what is the dark trinity what do you mean by dark trinity uh this is this is a biblical reality these are biblical things that we're discussing tonight these are found and if you get the book again we're going to do an hour here but if you guys get the book you'll have you know seven to ten hours of of content here in the book but talk to me about the dark trinity specifically we'll start with who's the possessor what would happen if what you call in the book the possessor would turn return to america what would something like that look like? Well, the first thing is, yeah, which gods would return? Now, there are many, there are many gods or spirits, rather. Um, and so the thing is that, you know, which ones would be the leading ones? And when you look, when for that, look, when you look at what happened to Israel and Israel turned away from God, there were three in particular that really sum up the fall of Israel. They came and they actually, they were worshipped by Israel. They possessed Israel and they destroyed wow. Israel. And the thing is that now, you know, um, you know, America and the West, 
spiritually, the DNA comes from Israel, comes from this from the Bible. And so mm. if we turn away from God, we're actually going to open ourselves up to the same things that came to Israel. And so the first one, so I call it in the in the in the return of the gods, I call it the dark trinity. And that is that because they were there were three. And the first one is called, as you said, the possessor. That's what his name meant. The name in Hebrew means possessor, owner, uh, master. A Lord, and that name in Hebrew is Baal. We call him Baal. Well, this mm. means literally to a Hebrew mind, this you're saying the possessor. So the thing is, this is the one. This is kind of like the first spirit that comes back to the house. This is the one that comes back to possess it. Comes back, and what Baal did is. Baal was the anti-God. He was the substitute God. He's the God that turns the nation that had known God away from God, wow. turns the civilization away from God. And so what, what happens is just when, when in the early 60s, America and, and much of the West begins opening the door. We begin, you know, starting slowly, we take, so let, let's just take prayer out of our school system. Yep. Take yep. it out, you know, little thing. No, you're taking, you're removing God from the children. That's the future of the nation. You are, you are opening the door. And so once you open the door, you, you know, then they took the word out. Then they, well, you are emptying yourself of God. When you do that, the house, Jesus said, the house is not going to stay empty. So this now is the first that comes in. A spirit comes into America and the West and the world that seeks, what did Baal do? He sought to drive God out of everything. Wow. And so we've seen this spirit, wow. we've seen it get stronger and stronger and stronger, has not stopped since the early 60s, but it happened first suddenly. So he starts driving God out of the public square, driving God out of the, enter out of the entertainment, driving God out of his children's lives, driving God out of everything, trying to drive God out of the church. You know, and so, so that, and in fact, you know what, you know, Isaiah, when you look back, up to the early 60s, look back at the America that was just before. This is a this is a nation where the teachers actually led the children of the nation in the Lord's Prayer all wow. across America. Wow. This is a nation, the top movies were King of Kings and the Ten Commandments and all that. Well, look at what has happened to it. Baal is the spirit that begins the paganization, transforming a nation that has once known God, now is to become a pagan nation. Well, the thing is that one of the things the Bible says is that Baal caused Israel to forget God. This spirit has called wow. America to forget God and forget it ever knew God. You know, we can hardly imagine that America that once was, and that America could would be horrified to, to even know about this America. So you got that. And then, and then at the same time, it says Baal caused them to turn away from the commandments of God and the Ten Commandments. So literally, this spirit has caused America not only to overturn the ways of God one after the other, but literally to strike down the Ten Commandments in the public square. Wow. Literally, you know. And, you know, there's all sorts of ways, Isaiah, where this spirit, you know, if you don't, we can only touch on it, what's, it, what's in, the, in the book on this. But the thing is that this paganization has affected us in all these ways we, people don't even realize. For instance, when you have one God, you've got one truth. When you have paganism, you have many gods and many truths. Wow. So therefore, we have this new spirit in America and in much of the world that says, you have your own authentic truth. If a man says, I'm a cat, well, then that's yep. his authentic truth. If a woman says, I'm not a she, I'm a they, that's her authentic truth. That is enlightenment. That's wokeism. No, that's paganism. And that, wow. that paganism behind that is woke. Is, is, this is what is behind it. Now, here's another thing with it. With, with you know, in ancient times, you know, it's, the Bible says that when you turn away from God or if people turn away from God, they're going to worship the works of their own hands. They're going to worship idols. They're going to make idols. They're going to worship them. And so it says, so Paul on Mars Hill, when he's speaking to the pagan world, he speaks about idols and he uses a Greek word. And he's, the word he uses is the word techne. 
which we get technology. Tech, wow. we get that from this. So what it's saying, not that technology is bad, technology is neutral, but what it says is if a nation, a culture, turns away from God, it's going to start worshiping its own technology. It's going to mm. serve it. It's going to be mastered by it. And so what we have now is we have a generation being mastered by technology by the computer and and you know the idol was made to look like the person well so now the computer's becoming more and more human taking more and more human powers but the bible says that those who worship their idols they become like them so now uh, we have a generation becoming increasingly unhuman de dehumanized it's becoming more like a computer so all these things are and here's another one i'm just going to throw it in really quick so and that good. is that in, in a pagan world, the line between man and animal was blurred. You see all these images of half man, half animal, all that. Well, we're doing it with, you know, they did it with clay. We're doing it with a genetic code. That is mm. ultimately paganism when you turn away from God. And not only that, you know, the sign of Baal in ancient times was the sign of a bull, a molten bull. Well, you know, this is all over the Middle East, all over. You know, when Israel turns away from God, they turn to like a golden calf. That's actually a bull calf. You know, it's the bull. You know, that's not. Well, could that sign appear in our in our world? Well, it already has. You go to New York City, go where the harbingers are. You will see a massive bronze molten bull. And that bull is representing the prosperity of America, just like Baal did the prosperity of Israel. In the, you know, And so this is a sign in the wow. Bible. I mean, they didn't know what they were doing. But this is a sign in the Bible of a nation that once knew God, that has turned away and given itself to the possessor, to the gods. So that and I, there's another one. I won't even go into it for time. But where I actually I witnessed this. I was They actually erected a giant... A monument of Baal in New York City on City Hall with the leaders of New York City in a ceremony, and literally, they, they it was literally the link to Baal, a sign of a nation and a civilization that has gone. So, what happened with starting in the '60s has not stopped. This spirit against God, the fact that you even said, you said, listen, we got to watch out for this because they might flag us and all this, because that's that that is yep. the spirit of Baal, <laughs> you yep. know, and we're all dealing with it. And that was only the first. That's so good. You know, you talk about this worship of technology. One day I was kind of studying how in the ancient times they would play music and then everyone would bow at the sound of the music. And this is something Nebuchadnezzar would do. And, and as Christians, we always read and say, if I was Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and he played music, I would never bow. We all think we're like super radical. We would never bow. And then I had this thought. We have these phones here, and every time the ringtone goes off, every time the music plays, what do we do as a country, as a society? We bow. We put our head down and look at the text message, look at the Instagram notification. So here you have ancient culture, they're playing music, and then bowing before foreign gods. 2022, this thing plays music, we call it a ringtone, and the whole country spends, they say, four to eight hours a day with their head down, bowing. This is, and most people don't know what bowing is because we don't bow often in churches. I was in a church in Missouri, World Revival Church, and they, in that church, they bow. So during worship, they just kind of put their heads down and bow during certain songs. And my first time there, I'm looking around going, hey, I don't even know what this is because America doesn't know what bowing is. We don't know what it means. And it just means to put your head down in reverence. And then I realized so many of us are bowing to the, the technology, as you just said. So many of us are bowing to our iPhones. You know, we say, I would never eat the Apple like Adam and Eve, which we know it wasn't necessarily an Apple, but just a figure of speech. Yet we ha all have an Apple right here. We all have the Apple iPhone that we bow down before, that we worship. I mean, guys, if you're spending four to six hours a day on average on your cell phone, 
you are bowing before ancient gods. You are bowing before the spirit of technology. And again, as Jonathan said, these are not inherently evil things because we're using it tonight to reach millions of people online. But when you let these things become idols in worship, you are offering up a sacrifice and, and God is not okay with it. God is not, God is not saying, oh, well, it's 2022. You guys can worship gods. Maybe it's not a golden calf but it might be a golden iPhone and that we're worshiping. So I'm so glad you brought that up because I think many people don't realize that they're participating in idol worship, that they are, they might laugh and scoff at ancient Israel saying, I would never dance around a golden calf. Yet we dance around TikTok, We dance around Instagram. We dance around Hulu and we spend hours and hours a day. So number one was the possessor. The second part of the Dark Trinity. Talk to us a little bit about the Enchantress. This is very intriguing as I read about this. And again, when you guys read the book, we're going to keep saying that this will all start making sense. Everything you're confused about in society, everything you might think is a conspiracy theory, you're going to realize these biblical principles absolutely make sense. So talk to us a little bit, Jonathan, about the Enchantress. Uh, and you know, you know, it would it would make sense that listen, the Bible is what explains everything, <laughs> and so mm. and so even this, you know, there's nothing outside the realm of it. And when and the first time, I, I first time I actually was on an interview program with the Return of Gods when it, you know, it, it just it recently came out. But the very first interview, the guy said who I've known for years said said this like like everything is explained. This is it, and that's what you'd expect of of what God says. You know, that's that's what the Return of God says. So um, so okay. The, and by the way, one of the things you asked me before, why did I write it, is also to empower God's people, arm God's mm. people, because it says we war not against flesh and blood. If you don't know what you're fighting, you're not going to win, like most yes. likely. And if you don't, if you don't know, you know, first of all, you don't know you're in a fight, and you don't know what you're fighting, and if you don't know what you're fighting with, you know, you know that. So it's to empower God's people because we're all dealing with. It. So okay, the next one, the Bible says, and again, the Bible is like the is the decoder of, of everything. It says, it says Baal and. And often it says, and Ashtorah. Often the second thing it says is a female deity. And Ashtorah was, was considered the wife of Baal or the um or the in, the lover of Baal, but she wasn't just there in Canaanite mythology. This entity is all over. They, in, mm. in the Bible, she's called Ashtorah. If you went to Babylon, she's called Ishtar. We've heard that name. If you went to Phoenicia with Jezebel, with Jezebel, and actually Jezebel's father was it was the priest of this goddess, which was wow. they would be called Astarte, and then in Greece she'd be called Aphrodite. You know, so so the thing is that, and, and it wasn't like a nice you know we think of Aphrodite also Venus. There was this is a dark ancient. In fact, this 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 spirit deity is the first deity that's ever written about in on planet Earth, on the most ancient things that we have, are about this one. Now, so this is very basic, very deep. And the thing is that it comes in all these forms. So well, who was she? This spirit is the spirit of sexual, uh, unbridled lust, immorality, um, wow. you know, just sex, sex taken out of context. She's called the harlot. She's a prostitute goddess. Now, now what? think about just that. What the Bible says, Baal and Ashtorah. So not first is Baal, then comes the goddess or the enchantress. So what? So look at look at what happened to America and the world. First came the turning Baal, the turning away. Yep. What happens next? What would we expect to happen if the goddess came return? We would expect there to be a revolution in the realm of sexuality. Wow. And that's exactly what happens. Like clockwork, 1960s begins the sexual revolution, which has not stopped. The sexual revolution basically is overturning every biblical value concerning sexuality, marriage, family, gender, all that. 
Well, the thing is that, you know, all those things, this is, you know, people don't even realize that. Up to like 1960, the, the prevailing morality in America, the West, and much of the world was the same Christian morality from the first century. I mean, same. Mm. But once this happens, everything goes. And all the changes are in the direction of paganism regarding sexuality. So I said that the gods, these spirits, are seeking to take Christian civilization, turn it into a pagan one. Well, this one does it through the realm of sexuality, through pagan sexuality. So now think she's a goddess. She's actually she's a prostitute. What does a prostitute do? A prostitute takes sex out of marriage, out of the bedroom, and floods it into the culture. Wow. She, you know, a, go a god, you know, a harlot takes sex out of the ma marriage and puts it into the marketplace, puts it into the, into the actual culture. What did this one do? She starts taking sex out of marriage, putting it into the marketplace, putting it into the culture. She sexualizes America. She sexualizes the West. She's trying to sexualize the world. And that's exactly what she did back then. Back then, if you went to the, her cultures where, where she, you know, if you went to the temples of Ishtar or Aphrodite, filled with prostitutes and having mm. sex in the, in the, you know, public square. That's what's happened to America. And also a prostitute weakens marriage. So look at what happens yes. the same moment as the sexual revolution happens, same moment, no accident that marriages start weakening marriages, families start breaking up apart because that's what she does. And, and, and the thing is that, you know, in ancient, ancient times, I actually, in, in the return of the gods, I actually, put in the ancient inscriptions that I found, there are hymns to her where they're praising her for being a sacred prostitute. Wow. Well, the, 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 when the Greeks did that, when they spoke of her, the, the word for prostitute in Greek is porne, from which wow. we get the word porn, a pornography. So, and it's not an accident because this principality is actually the inventor of pornography. The first pornography in the world are the, are the writings about this goddess. Actually, porn pornography means the writings of the prostitute. And, and then, oh. and not only that, she also multiplied across the world, you know, images of naked people in clay. I mean, the images of her are, are women disrobing. Well, we, she has now multiplied this through pornography. She has seduced a nation, seduced a generation, and, and addicted them. And while she breaks up marriages, while she while she destroys that. So all that's happening. Plus, you know, we use the word erotic, erotic culture. We have eroticized yeah. the culture. Well, the word erotic comes from the Greek eros. Eros was actually a god, a, a deity that was born of this goddess. This goddess wow. was the mother of Eros. So you have all this happening. And, you know, on top of it, I'm just throwing there's there's we you know, we can just give a taste of, of, of the return of the gods. But I want to give you a good taste. And that is that it also at the same time, something else happens when you have the sexual revolution. Something else happens. The reason is the goddess wasn't just that. She was also a sorceress. She's the goddess of the occult. At the same moment, 1960s, comes the revival of the occult. Revival wow. of witches, astrology, tarot cards, psychic readings, psychic hotlines, a new age, all these things that are actually ancient. And the thing is that, that you know, you know, today in America, there are more witches than there are Presbyterians. That's yep. how far we have gone. So that happens, and I won't go into detail, but she's also the goddess of addictive or intoxicating substances like alcohol, like drugs. We are more wow. addicted now than ever. So there's and, and there's a whole other side to this goddess, as you know, because you're the which we'll get it, which we'll get into. But I do want, but we'll I'll I'll mention the third 
of the there's another of the dark trinity as well so good everyone in the chat there's about 4200 people on here in the chat right now and they're just saying this is making sense it's it's illuminating things to them and realizing you know the battle that we're facing in america is a real spiritual battle these things must be worn one in the spirit it's not just going to be through a political leader that some people may look to but it's going to be through a a revival we really are at the place where it's revival or nothing we need a move of god let's talk about the third one, who is the destroyer? How did the destroyer depart? How is he going to return? What would what would the world look like if the the third part of the dark trinity, the destroyer, came back? Well, the, the destroyer is the the is the entity, spirit, quote God, that caused parents to offer up their own children as sacrifices. And this is, you know, this is something that's not uncommon in the pagan world. You know, human sacrifice is actually common, happened all over the world in the pagan wow. world. Because, you know, when you, when you, and this is, listen, this is, this is the aim of the spirits, that these spirits are seeking to destroy even their worshipers. Destruction. When you take people away from God, you're taking people away from their purpose. And you're taking, and, and once you take away God, then, then human life is not treated as in the image of God. All of a sudden yep. it's disposable. So you had that and you had child sacrifice. If you were a child in the pagan world, you were in danger. I mean, in a, you, a danger of being abused, danger of being enslaved, danger of being molested, danger of being offered up. And so, so what happens? I mean, again, when Israel turned away from God, they start offering up their own children. Well, so what wow. would we expect to happen if now the third of this dark trinity comes and it's, it's in order, it's like clockwork. First the bail, the turning, then the enchantress sexual revolution. Then, like clockwork, at the end of the 1960s, you have chill, you have parents beginning to kill their own children, the wow. unborn, and returns. This is not an enlightened thing. This is not progressive. This is regressive. This is the most pagan of acts. Now, you think that how can, just like you said before, a great point that, listen, you know, people say, well, if I was back then, I wouldn't do that. How could parents do that? We're yep. doing it. You're Come doing on. it. And, and the thing is that, you know, the thing is that this is this is Bullock. As you know, this is the return of the destroyer now comes to America, comes to the West, comes to much of the world. And by the way, by the way America really helped lead much of the world into abortion. So so you've yes. got all this, you know, America, the 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 city on the hill, you know, the 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 the, the civilization that was dedicated to God's glory to spread the gospel now is the number one spreader of pornography, led much of the world into abortion. That's what happens when you turn away from God. And it's even mm. more dangerous, as you said, it's even more dangerous when you don't even know what you're, you don't even believe in, you don't even know you're being influenced by the spirits. So the, the, the destroyer returns. Remember Jesus said that when they come back, they come back worse. Yes. So the thing is that Israel offered up thousands of children on the altars. We've offered up over 60 million of them. Wow. They come back worse. And when I when I I put in the book, I won't go through the detail, but it, but when I looked at the ancient rituals of the worship of this god or the, the this this destroyer god where they offered up their children, the same rituals are now being translated into abortion. They all have a modern counterpart. Um, I I'll just do a, just just give a quick taste of it. One why do why do they offer up their children? Because they believe by doing so they would prosper. They would the mm. God would, would favor their fill their wow. fields, give them economic prosperity. Why are women told to to offer up your children to kill your children? Because it will help your career. You will will not be hindered by in your wow. financial world. Your your so all that. Also, another thing is which which of the children that did were most offered up to this God? The children of the poor. 
the children of the poor. When I look back, they literally paid poor people to offer up their children. So today, it's the children of the poor that this spirit claims more than any other. This spirit, this deadly spirit. And I even, I even put in the, you know, in the book, I found actually, um, it actually quotes by leading radical feminists and also leading uh, abortionists, where they talk about abortion just the way it was in, in ancient times. They talk about it as a holy act, a sacrament, wow. a sacrifice. You know, that's a holy act. I mean, so th there's a spiritual thing behind this. You know, why would anyone, I mean, listen, even when I was an atheist, when I didn't even know God and I was liberal, when I heard about abortion, I said, wow, yep. I think all the liberals are going to be up in arms. They're going to, they're going to defend this because this is so, this is, this is demonic. I mean, to, to, to kill a child, you know, but this is, this is the spirit. These are the spirits. Wow. So make, again, the chat is just going crazy here because it makes so much sense to what we're seeing in America. The I, I look at, what the president's posting about how we're going to lock in Roe v. Wade. We're going to, you know, codify it. He keeps saying, and I'm like, why, why the push? What is behind our president and other politicians? I won't name that is pushing them to so strongly desire to codify this law, overturn it and then codify it to make sure it's like, this is the hill they're dying on. This is the sacrifice to the destroyer. The sacrifice, you look at Genesis where it says that innocent blood, God told Cain, your brother's innocent blood cries out to me. And I've often asked the question, what does the cry of 60 plus million babies sound like to God? I mean, you look at the book of Revelation, you know, one of my favorite books, the tribulation period, the wrath of God being poured out. It has to be that this is payment for all the innocent bloodshed of the millions of babies as god says i will avenge the innocent blood he told cain I'll, your brother's blood cries out there will be vengeance is mine says the lord even if you look at revelation the martyrs and i don't want to go off topic but the martyrs they cry out from under the altar lord is it time to avenge our blood and the lord says now's not the time wait a little bit longer he doesn't say i'm not going to avenge you he says now's not the time but i will avenge you and then of course at the end of revelation we see god avenging and returning to the earth and, and slaughtering millions of people my point is we as a nation are storing up the wrath of god that this innocent bloodshed is being stored up that there will be coming a day of the the wrath of god being poured out and these babies are not going unnoticed maybe you guys think god's idle god's not doing anything god the bible says will not be mocked that you what you sow you will reap and we are sowing so much judgment as a nation this is why this message is so important that people need to wake up to this issue i want to also talk about this other side to the goddess that's transforming men and women. And, and is she doing that now? This transformation you talk about in your book of men and women. Um, yeah. Talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah. Yeah, there was another side. This is the enchantress, but there was another side to her. When I looked at the ancient inscriptions, and again, it's not just I'm saying this. Everything, you know, we if you know, like we detail this, you know, in the book so that you see everything. The original, she actually says in Mesopotamia, she says, I am a woman. I am a man. Wow. It says in her hymns, in the ancient hymns, it says, you are the one who turns a man into a woman and turns a woman into a man. And so now she was the one who actually uh, broke the lines of gender, bent them, blurred them, replaced the one with the other between male and female, confusing male and female, female and male, men and women, boys and girls, confusing them all. She's the spirit of androgyny. Now, this is her deeper war work here. Now, what would you expect to happen? You know, she won't hear, you know, if this happened, this could not happen in the early 60s because it'd be too radical for anybody. Wow. But the thing is, 
the thing is, once she gets possession of a culture, then she moves to this. And the thing is that actually, but it's all part of one thing, because the sexual revolution actually opened the door for it. Because what you the sexual revolution, you're taking sex out of the context of marriage. Yes. Well, that's you keep going. You're going to take sex out of the context of gender, of sexuality itself. And when you start destroying marriage, you're destroying man and woman. You're destroying the bond between man and woman. And you're having children raised without ever knowing that. And so then you can start saying, okay, now we can start destroying man and woman. We can just start destroying gender. So she, what would we expect to happen when she comes into the culture, when she starts taking possession? You'll start seeing a spirit of androgyny, a spirit that seeks to war against maleness for men, mm. war against femaleness for men. We'll seek to, you know, well, actually, I'll, I'll, it actually, I found the inscription says, says she, she actually, she grinds away the masculinity of men. So wow. literally, she's going to seek to take manhood and she's going to war against manhood listen this, this by the way this is a goddess who had you know she was female but she had male male nature and she would never be okay with men because <laughs> she always she ended up destroying whoever was in a relationship with her and she raged against male authority she raged against her father's the, the patriarchy so you have all this going on so the first thing is she goes against manhood of men. So she's going to seek to emasculate, you know, demasculinize men and, and start feminizing men. So she wore, she take to take men away from fatherhood, mm. men away from marriage, men away from manhood. And so there's a, you notice the spirit in her, it's crazy. Yep. Like if a man acts masculine, we'll say that's toxic yep. masculinity. Yep. Well, the culture will attack that man. If a woman acts masculine, they'll applaud her. What is that? Wow. That is that is the spirit of this goddess. And that's a real spirit. You can cut it with a knife. You can we all sense it. We all know it. And so the thing, but we may not have known the name. You know, but so this is at work. So another thing, you know, when you know, back then, you know, you know, we had shows like Father Knows Best. You can never have that today. Now nope. fathers are depicted as as toxic or bumbling idiots or overgrown children wow. because it's an attack on male. Because if you can attack the father, once you take the father out, you can do anything you want with the society. Then you can take anything. You've taken the authority out. Now, another thing is that that's the, you know, there's much more to it, but that's that's with, with the man part. But then with women, what does she do? It says, it says, it says she gives weapons to women. She militarizes them. She masculinizes them. So what she's going to do is defeminize women, take women away from motherhood, women away from about marriage, women away from womanhood, away from femininity. So that's what she's doing. And she also makes women angry to hate men. You know, the wow. idea is divide. If you divide and conquer, divide man from woman and woman from man, you can do whatever you want. When you when you when you overturn marriage, you're changing everything and you're changing family, you're changing society, you're changing civilization. So she does that. And and then, you know, she you know, I said to be, I said she's the she's the goddess who's a woman, technically female, but she's filled with masculinity. So she's seeking to make modern women into her image. And so when you separate man from woman and woman from man, then you can do all those things. And that's what we're doing. But it doesn't just stay in that realm, because you know, the thing is, and this is going to show something like even radical feminism is linked to yep. this goddess. Right. Yep. You know, the thing is, but. And it's all linked together. What we're seeing right now with gender, it's all linked, it's all the same spirit. When you, it's all connected. You know, it all makes sense because because if, if you say a man can replace a woman, can replace a man. Well, that, like they used to say, that's you're going to get what you have now. So what do we have now? 
One of the things is that she had a mysterious priesthood. And mm. her mysterious priesthood was, they were called the Asinu or the Halu. They were men who walked around her temple dressed up as women and wow. acting as women. And so they were they were basic, they were her priests. Now the thing is, if you see them return, you know the gods have returned, she has returned, her priesthood has returned. And if you see the culture celebrating it you know that has not been that was part of paganism it was not part of the christian age and so now when when you if you start driving out the gospel it's gonna return and so the thing is not only that you know remember again back to G what jesus said he said they come back worse well she possessed a priesthood but now she's seeking to possess an entire generation she's seeking to possess a generation of children from grade school so that's why it's happening and drive but it wasn't just that, because remember what I said in that inscription, it says, you turn a man into mm. a woman. You turn a woman into a... Not, it, now, it does say you dress a man as a woman. It does say you dress a woman as a man. She did that, but it says you turn them. So the thing is, her, some of her, her priests were not just men who dress as women. Many of them were men who had been surgically transitioned wow. by the spirit of the goddess into appearing as women that affected their hormones transition she is the goddess who turns transitions and so not only that isaiah you know it's that it's that actually i found an inscription i put it in the return of the gods that it says that these transition men would dance before the goddess holding up scalpels to, as if to celebrate their transitioning. Wow. Yeah, and so you have wow. all that happening. And again, now it's happening to children. And, and you know, even, even non-believers are saying this is madness. What would, what would possess an adult to surgically alter and mutilate a child? Well, this would possess them. This would possess them. This is all over our culture. I mean, so, I mean, this is so big, it's affected everything, but it, it all makes sense because it's exactly what would happen if we were, Isaiah, if we knew the mystery, if we, if we really, if, if believers were really in tune with what God said about this, the warning back in the early sixties, when we took away prayer, we could have seen, you know, what this is. Yep. Oh, this is going to end with all this. Wow! And here we are, and people that are were alive in the '60s, and we hear this all the time. I'm only 31, and I feel this as well. I'm thinking. If you told someone in the 60s about this generation and what we'd be doing, they would say there's no possible way. That would never happen in a million years. And and we've said that from generation to generation. Here we are now where if a celebrity transitions, they get a personal call from the president. Meanwhile, you have a medal of honor coming home from war and he doesn't even get health care. Here you have this this balance shift where you're thinking, how is it? I mean, Let's just say, let's just be honest. Last week, we just released a basketball player and traded him for a traded traded her who calls herself a him for a terrorist. We have these we have these things happening, and everyone in culture goes, "This is no big deal. This is normal." And then we praise these people, as you just said. We worship these priesthood. We worship. We dance around. I just read an article. They are now. You probably know this. They are now allowing young kids, five, seven, eight, ten years old, the insurance is certifying and paying and allowing these children to get, uh, what would you call it? A sex change, a, sur a surgical sex change, five years old, seven years old, 10 years old. They say, mommy, I don't feel like a, a boy anymore. I wanna be a girl. And then the insurance companies, 
they'll go ahead and say, okay, we're going to pay for a sex change for this young child. So now this legislation's going through. And, and then also now they're saying, and you know this as well, oh, well, okay, look, you like young kids? You like 10 year olds? I made a video on this. You like eight year olds? Well, you know what? You're no longer a pedophile. You're now what they're calling a map. You're a minor attracted person. So you're attracted to minors. It's okay now. It's okay now. You're attracted to minors. It's just a sexual orientation. The lines are being so blurred and it's happening right under our nose. The laws are being changed. You guys can look all this up. This is all real stuff. The laws are being changed. It's being taught in high school. It's being taught in colleges. This is, as you've been saying, the enchantress who's been enticing, seducing, putting people under a real demonic spell. Meanwhile, the church is like, let's all go have Bible study at Starbucks. I mean, we have put, we have put our heads so deep in the sand. We're just filling people with coffee and donuts and this message desperately. And guys, when we say get the book, we're telling you to get the book because there's so much detail that we just don't have the bandwidth to be able to just explain tonight, but you need to make sure you get it. And I know a bunch of people already are tonight and dive into this. I want to also ask you about, I know we're, we're getting close here, but I want to talk to you about the parades, um, the gods, and now the parades of the modern world. Now we all know that these pride events these parades that we're seeing are very big things they shut down jonathan they shut down you're in new you're right by new york they shut the entire city down for these big parades that are happening now and thousands of people tens of thousands of people are flocking these parades talk to me a little about what does this have to do with uh with the gods yeah everything and it shows shows also how big this is because this yes. is affecting everything but again you take out the presence of God. This is what this is what's going to happen. Um, and let me just say, if I just say this too, I'm yeah. I'm praying that people not only get the return of the gods for themselves, but also get it for people in their lives. Yes. Because everybody, this is what it looks like. It's every it's available everywhere, Amazon, everywhere else. But get it for people in your lives because we all have people in our lives who are totally under. Yes. It's not just dealing I'm with it. We're dealing with that. it. They're under it, and there needs to be deliverance. And this is about that as well. Yeah. So, and, I, and let me tell you what we won't. And it's and, and Isaiah. By the way, I love this. This is this is the spirit. You know. I mean, and I'm blessed by everything you're saying. Um, the what what we one of the things I won't go into because we don't have the time. But but even the uh, there was one event that actually began all these things with parades, with with gender. Everything began in New York City, like like wow. many of these things with the gods. And it began at the end of the '60s. And I will say it was a riot called Stonewall. And the thing is, the amazing thing is. That all that night, all these signs of the goddess start appearing on the streets of wow. New York City of the Transformer. I mean, it's amazing. I won't go into it, but it's even the word Stonewall is linked to the myth, the myth of the goddess. It's crazy. But OK, but now the goddess was a goddess of the goddess of parades. The ancient hymns in Sumer say that the, she makes the people parade before her. Well, so now one of the things you're going to have is you're going to she's going to use parades to actually actually change the culture. And so what has happened when I looked at the ancient descriptions of the parades and this got this is what this is what it says. This is ancient. It says they were the parades where she caused men to parade through the city streets dressed as women. She caused women to parade through the city streets as men filled wow. with color filled with sexual licentiousness and and the uh, the bending of gender well they're back and the thing is you know here's another thing you know you know you know when they ended they ended with the gospel they ended with constantine the fact that they're back you know we we think this is a totally new thing because we have a short-term memory but actually this was actually happening i mean this is the this is the repossessed form okay so it's even deeper it's even affecting more 
But this was then. And the other thing, here's another mystery in this, and that is that, you know, there was one month of the year where the goddess especially possessed the culture. And so I looked, what was the month? Now, there's a Babylonian name for it, but there's a there's a Western counterpart. And I looked at the early Christian writings because it was still happening then, the processions, the parades. And I looked at the writings of St. Jerome. And in the writings of St. Jerome, he identifies it. And he says in Latin, it's called, the month is called Iunium or Junium or June. Wow. So June was the month of that she possessed the culture. And the month, and this is the month linked to the altering of the bending of sexuality. Now, now it's not that the people who are doing it, we got to pray for all these people. Yes. But it's not that they know it. That's even what makes it more amazing. They don't know it. It's it's because actually the Stonewall riots happened in June at the time of the goddess. So therefore, it happened. So therefore, every month now, now think about this. You know, you, you mentioned that, you know, we have we have nations that will give one day to celebrate their independence, like yep. America and many other, but they'll give 30 days to celebrate wow. sexuality. What is that? That's, That's not natural. That's, That's not natural. And it's all over the world. It's not natural at all. And and the thing is that, so, so here you have that. And not only that, there was a sign. I'm going, I'm just touching again. We can't do everything. I'm just giving you a taste. But there was a sign from ancient times that was a link to the goddess. And you know what the sign was? It was a sign of the rainbow. The rainbow wow. was linked to the goddess who changed sexuality. It was linked to that. And the thing is, I even go through that every color of the rainbow flag that they they are created and the, the, the very significance that they gave it, each one is linked to the goddess. And so the fact that you see the rainbow, like every, I mean, this is also supernatural. It shouldn't, yep. it shouldn't be. The rainbow is in on cereal boxes. The yep. rainbow is on American embassies. We have never done that with anything. It is not natural. It's supernatural. It's a sign of the possession of the goddess. It's a mark. Now, the rainbow belongs to God. But interestingly, one of the things I, I found in her mythology is she's the goddess who steals things that belongs to other gods and uses wow. it for herself. So the rainbow has been turned around against God. And, and there's a dark mystery to it. I won't go through it. But if people knew it, they would, you know, if they had any sense, they would never lift up this 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 sign at all. But let me go. Let me give you one more thing about how this has taken over everything. And there's so much more, but I'm just going to give you this one. Yeah. Um, and that and then we can get to what what does it have to do with all of us? Um, but that is that even the the decisions of the Supreme Court have been have been geared to the mystery because there have been three major decisions that have changed sexuality and changed marriage. It started, the first one is 2003, was legit, was basically normalizing it. Second one was 10 years later, 2013, striking down the defense of marriage. Yep. And the last one was 2015, which actually transformed marriage. That, that right now, the Congress just put into federal law, right now, right today. I mean, when we're recording this. Okay, so here's the thing. This is all linked to the goddess. But the thing is, the time of the goddess wasn't just June, particularly it, it the, the crescendo was the end, the last days of June, the time of the summer solstice, always linked to paganism. When the first that first that first ruling of the Supreme Court that 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 normalized this happened in June, month of the goddess, happened the mm. last days of June, happened by the summer solstice, happened on June 26. The second one, ten, 10 years later, happened last days of June happened the days of the goddess, time of the summer solstice, same exact day, June 26, 10 years later. 
The last oh. one, which we all remember, when it changed marriage, transformed marriage. Big. It happened in 2015. Happened in June, month, time of the goddess, last days of the god, last days of June, time of the summer solstice, and on June 26th, the exact same day that is linked to the mystery of the goddess. And remember that night, Isaiah, when the and we all do, when the White House was lit up in the colors of the rainbow. Yes. This was as that spirit saying, That's my ownership. Now I own the White House. Now I'm wow. gonna own that nation. I'm gonna own that culture. And the and once the sun set on the on the biblical calendar and the and the and the Babylonian calendar, that that was the 10th of Tammuz. It's the 10th day of the month of Tammuz. By the way. Tammuz is one of the one of the goddesses' lovers. Okay, so mm. where we're you know, and so and that was the month when that's when the Supreme Court. Now, the thing is, I actually found an ancient Babylonian inscription. I put it in the book so you can see it, where it says, and that was the day that the Supreme Court said a man can marry a man, a woman can marry a woman. That it says the tenth of Tammuz is appointed, is appointed to cast a spell to cause a man to love a man. That was the day that marriage was transformed. Wow. Wow. So much good information. I know everybody in the chat is just going absolutely crazy here getting the book. Again, you guys need to dive deeper into this. Let's, let's, uh, man, I, it's, you need to, everyone needs to watch this multiple times because there's so much deep information here. Let's wrap it up with what is their goal? Where does this lead us as the body of Christ, as the church? There's, there's about 5,000 people watching and they're like, what do we do now? You know, we have this information. We know what's going on. Our eyes are being open. Things are making sense. Hopefully what it does for me, Jonathan, and I'm praying it does it for the chat. This drives me to the place of prayer. This drives me to want to be a part of the local church. This drives me to want to get my life, make sure everything's right. Make sure I'm prepared. Make sure I'm on the right side of history. I don't want to be on the wrong side of history. I don't want to be asleep right now in these last days. Paul said to wake up. Now's the time to get out of, stop sleeping now's the time the high time to wake up so i feel that this message is really a message of awakening it's a message of revival people are coming out of that spell of spiritual slumber the the shades are being open you slept until till 2 8 p.m some of you have slept until 3 p.m and tonight jonathan has opened up the shades and said now is the time to wake up now's the time to open up your eyes and to see what's happening get your head out of the sand put down the coffee and donuts and get on the front line so let's let's kind of close it with yeah. the goal of yeah. these gods and yeah. where this leads america yeah. going forward yeah and when what do we do about it yeah the, the, again remember i wrote the book not only to reveal it but to arm god's people and to repair them because we need to prepare for what is coming yes. that we can stand and so here i'll give it a very quick quick nutshell first of all what the agenda is one is keep in mind these are the gods have returned these are the same spirits that were cast out by the gospel by the word mm. of god by christians so when they come back now think about it you know they're dark they come back they're going to go to war with christians they're going to go to war with the gospel you know this is like what happened in the first centuries with rome and and the christians this is round two now and this goes right with biblical prophecy i mean the bible says it's gonna happen so we're dealing with that so they are marking christians that they were they were cast out by the word, so they're trying to cast the word out of culture. They, they wow. were cast out by Christians. They were marginalized by Christians, so they're trying to marginalize Christians. Their, their worship was encroached by the power of God, so they're trying to encroach religious freedom. All this stuff, it's not that the Congress knows what they're doing, that these governments know what they're doing. This is a possession. And so that's the first thing. Second thing, that's why we need to know. Second thing is that 
They all they they never see tolerant co coexistence. You know, it, they always they enter in that thing about you know tolerance. That was only to get in the door because you have a Christian culture. You got to say, hey, be tolerant, be open to new things. That was to get in the door. Once they're in the door, the gods always seek to. They, they move to the stage of now every knee shall bow to us. We will we will every tongue will celebrate us. We will cancel out the ones who try to resist us. Wow, that's what we're dealing with. So it went from. Anything goes, do your own thing, to now cancel culture, to and say and think what we tell you, or we cancel you. Now, here's the thing. There's so much to say, but I'm not, I'm just going to, I'm going to get to this. And that is this, you know, first thing, how do we deal with it? The first thing, keep in mind that, that most of the people in the Bible, they dealt with it. You know, the God, mm. you know, we have been, what we've been through has been an exception. What's what, you know, Moses dealt with the gods of Egypt. Elijah dealt with the gods of, of Canaan, wow. you know. Paul dealt with the gods of Rome, and so did the first believers. I mean, every time, you know, Daniel, gods of Babylon, it's, it's we are called to stand. Now, the thing is, first thing, the first thing, if there's anything in your life that is an, an opening for these Come things, on. whether it's pornography, whether it's abortion, whether it's whatever it is, an idol, whatever is something that's taken up your life, you need to deal with it. Gideon was called to be a great hero for God and to go against the people of Baal. But at first, he had to deal with something. He had an author of Baal in his backyard. So if there's anything in your life, even tonight, even when you see this, do it. Smash that altar. Do what you have to do. Make it impossible for you to keep doing that thing. Ask God's help to get rid of that thing, first thing. Secondly, remember something that, you know, that God's people, by the way, you know, you know, I'm obviously Jewish. You know, and anybody who is born again, you are spiritually Jewish. You're a child of Israel. The Bible, our, the heritage that we have as, is to stand against the gods of the world. It's to stand against the sacred cows of the world, the political correctness, and not bow down, as you said. Not, we do not bow down. We do not bow down to Baal. We do not bow our knee down to Ashtore. We don't bow down to pornography. We don't bow down to political correctness. We don't bow down to anything. We cannot be intimidated. Number one, do not let these spirits cancel you. Because you do not cancel yourself. Because if you don't do it, if you stand for God, he will empower you. The other thing is, remember something. The last part of the book is called The Other God. And that is, listen, remember, the true, living, almighty God is the God who you have in your life. And therefore, therefore, the God of the Bible the God of your life is far more powerful than any God in the world. This is, listen, the name of, there's nobody like him. You know, when when when, when they crossed the Red Sea, Moses wrote a song in Hebrew. It says, Micha mocha be'elim Adonai. Who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? And that, there's nobody like you. And there's nobody like Jesus. There's no there's no runner-up. There's no number two. This The name of Jesus was so powerful, or Yeshua, so powerful, it literally cast the gods and spirits out of an entire civilization. You've got that power. You've got something much greater. You have to stand. You know, the Bible said, you know, this is our time. If the dark is getting darker, this is this is the time for the lights of God to get brighter. Come this on. is the most exciting time because it, the graves are disappearing. If you, you know, the, what we're talking about tonight is showing you the graves are disappearing. You don't have a lot of nominal Christianity anymore because this is what's happening. But the point is, those who stand for God, who choose God, God's going to make you great. You're going to become great. These are the times that that the great rise and become great. All the people of God. And the thing is this. So if you will stand, it says the eyes of God are seeking the entire earth, looking for the one whose heart is his. He will he will show himself mightily to you. You be that one. You will stand. And, and the thing is, the other thing with this is that 
that, you know, when, when you look at a movie, what is the most exciting time of a movie? The last 15 minutes. Yeah. So what if God has chosen you for the most exciting, dramatic time? This could be the greatest time. If the world, think about this. If the world is going back, world culture is going back to where it was at the beginning of the age, it's time for the people of God, you and me, to go back to where we were at the beginning of the age, which is the book of Acts. And you have just you just needed a few people with the power of God, they overcame the world. So listen, it's an exciting time, but rise to it. Go all out. Ask for the Spirit of God, the power of God upon your life, and go full blast. He will anoint you. He will empower you. You were born for this. Don't be afraid of the end times. If God didn't want you here, he'd put you in the Middle Ages. Come he on. put you here. He will appoint you. He will anoint you. He will empower you for such a time as this. So good. Jonathan, would you say a quick prayer over us, and then we'll talk about the website and where they can find the church and everything like that. Sure. Thank Father, you, we just Lord. praise you, Lord. I ask you to touch all of those who are watching, listening right now, Father. Lord, first of all, we put away anything that's not of you. We make yes. the commitment right now. We don't want any darkness in our life. We don't want the graves in our life. We don't want the compromise, Lord. We want to be all out for you, Lord, and we commit to you tonight. Father, we're going to stand for you, Lord. Just get, Lord, give us the power. Cleanse us by your Holy Spirit, Father. Lord, cleanse us and empower us by the name above every name, the name of Yeshua, Jesus, who died and rose for us and who is mightier than any power, any force in this world, Father. We want to live mighty for you, Lord. We ask for each of us. I ask for each of those listening, Lord, you anoint them to accomplish and fulfill yes. the calling for which you placed them in their mother's womb for such a time as this. And for that to happen, Lord, we say you alone are our God, Father. We choose you. Baal is not God. You are God. We will not bow down to anything else. We will only bow down to you and serve you with all our hearts. Lord, empower us, strengthen this prayer, anoint this prayer in all of our lives that we might live it for your glory. In Yeshua, Jesus mighty name. Amen. Amen. What an incredible time tonight. I'm like blown away. I feel like I need to rewatch this two, three times. I know there's about 5,000 people still on here. Where can we find your book? I know you said it's on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, christianbooks.com, Target, Walmart. Actually, I have the book link right down below. I want to also ask the audience this. Please make sure if you get it off of Amazon, this is very important that you leave a review. We need you guys to all leave reviews. Imagine if 5,000 people want, went and bought it on Amazon and left a review. What that will do is it'll shoot it up the, the Amazon algorithm, put it on the number one bestsellers in the Christian category, and then cause other people to get it. So we, our goal is to get this message out there. That's the whole thing why we're doing all this. This is why Jonathan's on tonight. He hasn't asked me for anything. I want us as, as an, uh, an army to be able to get this word out. And this is us playing our part, getting the book probably best on Amazon so you could review it. And then once you get the book, leave a review, leave a five-star review and, and write how this impacted you so that we can get it in more people's hands. And then also, is there a website? I know I've linked a website, but is there another place too? A, a, the church maybe some info on where they can find you? Yeah, I will just say, yeah, and, and thank you for saying that. And also I'm praying, this is my prayer, prayer that you, that people get it not just for yourself. This is the return of the gods. This is what it looks like. You'll see it. And the thing is that they get it not just for yourself. Get it for people in your life. Yes. You know, this is a holiday time. Get it for them because they need it even, even more. They need it as well. You, we need it to be strong. They need it to get delivered. Okay, so that's the other thing. So pray for that. Um, Yeah, it's available everywhere, as you said. As you said, And also there's something called Books by Jonathan Conn that CharismaDid.com, which you can get as well. 
Um, the the ministry that I lead is called Hope of the World, um, and it gets the, it's basically getting the gospel out to the world. The teachings, all of my teachings are there, the mysteries there, um, and to get and to help the poor and the needy of the world. Um, and we get we send out they send out free free uh, mysteries free that. That's Hope of the World. You just remember that. It's hopeoftheworld.org, and you'll get that, hopeoftheworld.org. If you're ever in New York City, and, and Isaiah, if you're ever on the East Coast here, um, we are the Congregation of Leaders called Beth Israel. It's in Wayne, New Jersey, if you're ever there as well. Um, awesome. So that's how they can get that. And of course, I'm on of course, like you, but you're, uh, Facebook and YouTube is all that as well. Yeah, and I've linked that. So guys, the way you can help is if you go subscribe to the YouTube channel. I He has a lot more content than this. I'm telling you, even like if you haven't seen the Harbinger series or watch any of his Harbinger teachings and him at, you know, all these places, you need to go watch these. You need to get tapped into this. For many of you, it's new. You know, you just got saved this last year. I have pastor friends, by the way, Jonathan, as you're speaking, a whole bunch of pastors texting me, where is this guy from? I need to, I need to get his stuff. So if you are that, you need to go check out his website, look at the church, see what he's doing, check his YouTube channel, lots of sermons on there get plugged into facebook don't just sit back and say oh that was a great teaching get plugged into what god is doing there's anointing there's oil here get plugged into what god is doing i'm asking my community to do this and i, I pray jonathan i'm going to put you on the spot here there's only you know five thousand people i pray that you'd come on again you know if you ever want you have an open invitation anytime you want to get a message out a word out a topic out you have an open invitation to the podcast to the live stream i'll and even if your team wants to reach out i'll help them with social media with youtube whatever i could do I want to be a resource to you as well because I'm just so blessed by the message that you're given. And I think everybody needs to hear this. I truly do. Isaiah, thank you so much. You know, listen, I don't think it was any accident that we met at the airport. You know, no. and now and now we're and now we're on here. It's not much longer, uh, much farther than that. But thank you so much. Um, listen, we we the time is short and we we all have to do our go full blast with it. So thank you so much. And you are doing amazing uh, for what I've heard about your ministry and you have a wonderful spirit. That's why God is blessing you, you know? Awesome. So thank you so, thank you so much. And sure, we could, you know, we can do that, you know? Awesome. And I, I is awesome. It was awesome to be, it was, anno listen, I felt the anointing. So it was, a, it was a blessing, anointing thing to be there, to be with you. Awesome. Thank and you so people. much, Jonathan. I'm going to be sending your team a message. I want to also send a love offering to you. I know you haven't asked for anything. I want to send your ministry a love offering as well. But thank you so much for being on tonight. We really appreciate you. Thank you, thank you Isaiah. God bless you and God bless you all. Thank you, my brother. God bless you. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right, guys, what what a podcast. Come on, where, where are you getting this content at? There, who's bringing this type of content? I'm not tooting anyone's horn here, but man, what a message, what a word. He's just like a fire hose spitting it out. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Y'all thought I talked fast. I love it. And uh, what an amazing time. I want to challenge you to give into this. This was free. You didn't pay to be here. If you didn't know, you didn't pay. If you're listening on Spotify, Google, Apple, give on IsaiahSaldivar.com slash partner. Give on PayPal.me slash IsaiahSaldivar. Give into this. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Revival Lifestyle Podcast. If you like what you heard, go to www.isaiahsaldivar.com for more content. And please follow me on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at Isaiah Saldivar. See you next week.